I am unwilling to give up, that I will start over from scratch as many times as it takes to get where I want to be. I want to be. You just want to make sure you will get knocked down, but just make sure you don't get knocked out, knocked out. So your only choice should be go focus on what you can control, control, control. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Kara Golden Show. Join me each week for inspiring conversations with some of the world's greatest leaders, We'll talk with founders, entrepreneurs, CEOs, and really some of the most interesting people of our time. Can't wait to get started. Let's go. Let's go. Hi, everyone. It's Kara Golden from The Kara Golden Show, and I'm so thrilled to have my next guest here. We have Meg Quinn, who is the co-founder and CEO of The Bougie Company, And if you are not familiar with the Bougie Company, you have to get familiar with it. It's an amazing newish company that, like I said, you all need to know about it. And it's focused on delivering healthier alternatives to life's indulgences. I was turned on to them actually for my pups, uh, for my dogs, uh, because they not only deliver amazing products for humans, but also for those canines that are out there in our lives too. So, And the bougie barks that I received were uh, collagen-infused superfood dog cookies that, like I said, they also have amazing treats for humans that are gluten-free and dairy-free. And uh, we'll hear a lot more from Meg. She's a another uh, person who has, another founder, I should say, who has switched industries, gone from a totally different industry to deciding to do something that she was really curious and passionate about. So we'll hear a lot more about that. But uh, without further ado, welcome, Meg. Thank you so much, Kyra. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So first of all, talk to me about uh, Meg as a kid. So who was Meg? What did you think that you were going to be doing when you grew up? Were you a baker? Were you a dog lover? Were you? Uh, did you play with toys a lot? Uh, give us a snapshot. Sure. Um, so yeah, I grew up in actually a small town in northern New Jersey, um, Vernon, I had an amazing childhood. I had two loving parents, still do to this day, who are two of my best friends. Um, they were, you know, working class parents who really, I think, emphasized for me at an early age just how important hard work is and work ethic. Um, and as a as a young child, I always sort of worked really hard for what I was doing, whether that was in school. I had to work really hard for my grades. Nothing really ever came that natural to me. Um, But I worked really, really hard to be competitive, whether that was in school or in some of my extracurricular activities too. So I had some pretty different and kind of unique hobbies too as a child. I was a competitive Irish step dancer and I showed in um, show jumping. So I was riding horses a lot of my childhood too. And so at an early age, I learned sort of you know, the hard work it took to to be competitive in some of the activities I was really interested in. I worked really hard. I got good grades, but I never really thought I would work in food. I was always sort of entrepreneurial in spirit. Even at a young age, I, you know, I had certain like side hustles. I remember um, with some of my cousins, we had like lemonade stands as kids and we started a landscaping business in high school. And I remember spending some of my hard-earned 
savings on like no money down real estate investing books when I was like 15 years old. So I always, I don't know, I always think that I, as a kid, I saw my parents work really hard to provide for my brother and I, and I was in sort of these passions too, whether it be show jumping or Irish step dancing, where I was around a lot of, you know, money. Um, Those sports are pretty uh, expensive to kind of compete in. And so I always wanted to find something that I was passionate about that would also make money and would afford me sort of the lifestyle I wanted and would afford me to kind of follow these passions I had too. And so your first job out of college. So I graduated in 2009. Um, So it was in the midst of a recession. Um, There weren't a lot of jobs to be had. I moved home with my parents right out of school, like a lot of my peers, um, and was trying to find a job. And I was lucky enough, actually, to get a foot in the door at Viacom Nickelodeon um, in their ad sales department. And so I was, you know, it was an amazing opportunity for me. It got my foot in the door of a big company like Viacom. I was working with a lot of young people like myself. Um, I actually met my now husband at my first job there at Nickelodeon. He was also an ad sales um, coordinator like me. And it was amazing. I, I worked, you know, really long hours. I learned sort of the sales cycle and the process of ad sales. I was there for about three years. I was really missing, I think for me, like there was not as much of the creativity I was sort of hungry for. Uh, sales, you know, obviously there is creative elements to it. You need to be creative to sell, but there was just something for me that was missing. I really wanted something that was a little bit more creative. So I started um, looking both internally at Nickelodeon, but also externally. And um, I actually landed at a smaller TV production house um, that was founded by some of the creators of Blue's Clues. So they were also ex-Nickelodeon people who had started a smaller shop um, and they were creating preschool television and content. And I got hired actually to work under the CEO and was... How often have you thought about learning a new language only to be stopped by that memory of yours from the last time you tried to learn a language when it didn't go so well? Okay, maybe it wasn't a language that you were interested in learning, or perhaps all those poorly written textbooks in your sixth grade class weren't that well written after all. I have a great tip for you. It's called Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program around, available on desktop or app, no matter where you choose to learn it or what platform you choose to learn on, Rosetta Stone works and it truly immerses you in the language you choose to learn, quicker and easier than you ever imagined to. Maybe you're getting ready to travel abroad this summer and you want to learn a bit of Portuguese, let's say, before your trip, Rosetta Stone can help. I know this firsthand as I did just this before traveling to Portugal last year. I learned Portuguese through Rosetta Stone, and by doing so, I not only got a better grasp of the spoken language of Portugal, but it got me very excited for the trip itself before I went. They even have a true accent feature that gives you feedback on your pronunciation as you are learning too. They've got you covered. Rosetta Stone's trusted experts are the real deal. They've been helping people just like you for over 30 years, helping millions of people to learn Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and my favorite, Portuguese. The lessons are five to 10 minutes long and include practical exercises so that you can pick up the language naturally 
first with words, then phrases, then sentences. No English translations either, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in the language you are focused on, helping you get the long-term retention you are looking for. And who wouldn't want that? Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, the Kara Golden Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. In today's world, which I will admit can at times seem filled with too much of the wrong information, it's essential to find a good source that truly gets to the heart of what I want to know. I am super excited about our next sponsor as I've been a big fan of their content for some time now. That sponsor is the Washington Post. Their depth on topics from business to tech isn't just impressive, it's essential reading for me. Whether I'm catching up on the latest tech trends or understanding how the day's news truly impacts my family, the Washington Post is my trusted source. Let's talk specifics. Their business and tech coverage, absolutely top-notch. Just imagine having the most insightful articles at your fingertips, including the unparalleled AI reporting from Drew Harwell or the pulse on tech and online culture from Taylor Lorenz. And the best part? You can listen to articles just like you listen to this podcast, making it perfect for your busy lifestyle. I was just reading an article from one of my favorite Washington Post writers, Frances Stead Sellers. She covers entrepreneurs like myself, but also covers other interesting topics, including health, as well as some very interesting books. I also love getting their For You newsletter, which is their roundup of stories tailored just for my interests, right in my inbox every evening. The Washington Post app is Super well done, I think. It makes it incredibly easy to stay up to date and follow my favorite journalists on the go. And if you ever thought that the Washington Post is just about politics, think again. They cover everything under the sun, from climate and culture to crosswords and cooking, providing a world of surprising stories and vital insights. Okay, enough of the love fest that I have for the Washington Post. Here's the deal. Being a listener of the Kara Golden Show has its benefits, and this one is too good to miss. Now is the time to sign up for the Washington Post. Go to WashingtonPost.com slash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. That's 80% off their typical offer. So this is truly a steal. Once again, that's WashingtonPost.com backslash Kara Golden to subscribe for just 50 cents per week for your first year. Doing some marketing and licensing for them. And so that was sort of my intro to consumer products as a business. Um, I was handling the outbound licensing of their own IP. And I saw, you know, sort of the life cycle of consumer products firsthand. So I was licensing out their brands whether it be in toys, um, sporting goods, apparel. I was taking their characters from their TV shows and licensing out the brands to other manufacturers to make products. So 
it really, I think, was the first sort of introduction to me um, to this, you know, world of consumer products. I loved it. I loved the balance of, you know, the business with the creative, the right and left side of my brain. It was really an amazing opportunity for me. And then a few years after I joined, we acquired a toy company that we were then doing the inbound licensing for. So it was an iconic toy brand from the 80s called um, Colorforms. And we were doing some inbound licensing with some of the big studios like Marvel, uh, Disney, Mattel. And we were creating you know, Colorforms with some of their iconic characters. So I got a good balance there of both inbound and outbound. And ultimately, I ended up moving to Mattel to do consumer products for their huge, obviously, portfolio of brands there. So in hindsight, uh, I think everything happens for a reason. And albeit very different now working in food, I think having that consumer products background really made me interested in sort of, you know, taking an idea and bringing it to market and the whole, obviously, everything that goes into building a brand too. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for just kind of taking us through your journey there. I mean, I heard a lot of things. Uh, in particular, I feel like you gained experience working for entrepreneurs, coming from a large company, and then all of a sudden you're thrown into this exciting time where you're working for the CEO. I always share this with uh, many people who think that they want to go become entrepreneurs. Going and working for an entrepreneur is an invaluable experience, right? Because you start to really learn how, uh, as I always say, it's the puzzle, right? And that you don't have the picture to the puzzle necessarily. You sort of watch that firsthand. You were supporting them. It really kind of gives you the bug. So I saw that many, many years ago for multiple entrepreneurs, but my first one was at CNN uh, when Ted Turner was still running around the office saying the world needs 24-hour news when only 40% of the country had it. So it's an incredible experience. And I encourage everyone, if you are if you don't have that idea yet, if you're not really sure um, how to go and launch something, go and work for an entrepreneur, because I think that that is a great, great experience. So you mentioned that you went to Mattel and Obviously, toys is an incredibly competitive category. You worked for iconic brands um, underneath the Mattel company. What did you learn? What lessons did you learn? And did you take away about sort of consumers and, and kind of what they were looking for? I bet that was an amazing, amazing experience. Yeah, it was. I think it was a time in my career where I realized how just powerful brands can be and also having like resources behind some of these power house brands too. Um, and seeing like kind of the levers you can move and um, just what you can do with such immense resources. Um, you know, obviously it was a very different category or consumer rather like kids, but also moms marketing to moms too, to they're really the ones who are making, you know, those purchasing decisions. So yeah, I learned a lot about just also the research you want to do beforehand too, and understanding who that consumer is, the messaging you want to bring to market, the product too. We did, I was lucky enough to have sort of visibility to this as well. And um, before Mattel time, when I started at the smaller TV production um, house, they did a lot of customer like focus groups and research. And they had sort of a very breakthrough way of doing all of that research before even they 
launched a television show for kids. As I mentioned, it was the creators of Blue's Clues, which was kind of, it was a very breakthrough preschool television show of its time. And so taking sort of what I saw in that whole process they were doing too, to get real input from kids before they were bringing content to air. And then also at Mattel, obviously they had a you know very extensive research team there too, where we were testing toys and products before it went to market. I think it instilled for me just sort of the need and, you know, the homework you really have to do before you bring a product to market. And I think for me, I had always this entrepreneurial bug. I wanted to do something, you know, start my own business. And I think having seen and worked on, you know, smaller brands and really large iconic brands and seeing sort of the similarity there in that there is so much upfront research that needs to be done before you're doing anything made, you know, when it was time for me to start thinking through this idea I had for Bougie Bakes and Bougie Barks and the Bougie Company it made that level of research and that attention to detail and really studying the market and making sure that we were making really strategic moves um, and how we were formulating the initial product and where we wanted it to sit on shelf. And all of that was that framework was put in place throughout my career and just seeing how that kids entertainment or kids toys were really put to market also. I'm going to share an incredible secret with you that is going to make you very, very happy. It's called Magic Links. And a Magic Links campaign is the best kept secret for anyone looking to grow their business. Magic Links means sales. Doing a campaign with Magic Links is a bankable, reliable return on your investment. They share influencer-specific sales, customer visits, and social metrics across all platforms. From product launches to year-long evergreen campaigns, they connect you with influencers who meet your brand's needs. And the greatest thing about working with Magic Links is that you know which influencers are actually driving those sales so you can continue scaling your business. We all know that the creator economy is driving consumer purchases every day. Magic Links is the global leader in social commerce relied on by many growing brands. Stop wasting hours hunting for the perfect social media ambassadors. Magic Links will help you launch and scale your influencer marketing program quickly and the right way. It's easy to get started and see the results of your campaign with full funnel tracking all the way through to conversions. And by the way, their tools help creators share products they love and they earn income as their fans shop. A Magic Links campaign is waiting for you. It's a bankable, reliable return on your investment. It's easy to get started and see the results of your campaign fast. Go to magiclinks.com and get started today. That's magiclinks.com to start your campaign today. Magiclinks.com. So Bougie Bakes. So tell the listeners a bit more about the company and the products. Bougie Bakes was the first brand of the Bougie Company now. Um, we started back in 2018, as you mentioned. Everything we bake is gluten-free, dairy-free, and sugar-free. Um, a lot of keto-friendly offerings as well, and some plant-based offerings too. So we started the business really with um, a need that my husband and now business partner and co-founder saw in the market where we ourselves were you know, following a healthier diet. We were into fitness and really just maintaining an overall healthy lifestyle, but we both have a huge sweet tooth and we were falling, you know, victim at night. We kept saying to these sweet tooth cravings where we would all day, we would eat clean, we'd work out, we would feel great. And then post dinner, 
we would get hit with our sweet tooth cravings and we would turn to things that were just packed full of sugar or gluten or a lot of other unhealthy ice creams, dairy, um, these things that just left us feeling not so good right before bed. And so we, we knew there had to be something better. And so that was the idea kind of behind Bougie Bakes. And then, um, you know, it's been now almost four years since we launched that that initial brand. And we saw a big opportunity too to sort of um, apply the same principles, a very clean label, no artificial preservatives, ingredients that really had benefits too, to the pet category as well. So we launched our first brand extension actually in the summer of 2021. So last summer um, called Bougie Barks, which are a lot of, as I said, the same principles there as our human bakes, but for your dogs that are also collagen infused as well for skin, coat, joint, and antioxidant support. And so both of those brands ladder up to the Bougie Company. And really we see, you know, in the future, a big opportunity there in several different categories to really deliver healthier alternatives to life's indulgences. There's quite a few of those. And so I think we're excited about sort of where we can take this brand to beyond, you know, our human bacon's brand and then the dog cookie extension as well. Where did the name come from? Yeah. So it's funny. It's uh probably the number one question we get. <laughs> um, and like a lot of founders, I think we spent a lot of time trying to figure out what the right name was. Um, we wanted something that would just sort of speak to the high quality ingredients. So right out of the gate, we really wanted to sort of, um, you know, break down traditional baked goods or desserts and sort of, you know, extrapolate everything that's made makes up a baked good and sort of replace it with high quality ingredients that serve some sort of nutritional benefit as well. So the high quality ingredients is what, you know, ultimately led us to name them bougie bakes because of that emphasis on just high quality premium, um, beyond the actual products. We also really wanted to build a brand that had legs in the gifting space as well. Coming from, you know, we're working in corporate America and jobs where, you know, we were either sending gifts for clients or the recipients of gifts. We saw a big opportunity there if we could come out with a line of products or build a brand that really, you know, could service sort of corporate or personal gifting as well with all of the different dietary restrictions and everything like that, providing a product that people could feel good about sharing as a gift, you know, that they could feel confident the people they were sending it to could actually eat what they were sending and would want to eat what they were sending. Um, that's, you know, further emphasis why we wanted to call them bougie. What made you believe that you could do this? And I mean, I'm sure there were days in the beginning, especially where you're like, what am I doing? And what was it that made you believe that you could do it? Yeah, I think it starts you know, it dates back to, I alluded to it in the beginning, but my childhood, I mean, I had two very loving parents who were super, super supportive of really anything I did and always encouraged me from an early age that like I could do anything I wanted to do if I put my mind to it. And I think fast forward throughout my career too, you know, there was, there were meetings that maybe you didn't feel like you had a place in, or there were different opportunities, internships that I would go for that I would secure that made me feel just more and more confident as I got older. And then I think, you know, once I did make the decision to start this business, it it was really, it was listening to podcasts like this. It was reading books from other entrepreneurs. It was just feeling like if someone 
you know, whoever I was listening to or whatever book I was reading, if they could do it, I could do it too. And I think just having that internal confidence and that drive to figure it out, like you really can figure out anything you put your mind to. And it's been really refreshing too, I think, to see specifically in this industry, just how helpful other successful entrepreneurs are and how it's been amazing to see, you know, a lot of successful people want to help other people be successful too. And so I think just not being afraid to ask the questions or ask to jump on a call with someone or have questions that you feel confident enough to ask, you'd be surprised what you can learn. And Google is a powerful tool too, I think. Um, A lot of what we learned in the beginning days were things we were Googling. (laughs) Where did you start? Like, Where was the first sale of the product? And how did you start to really know that you were going to be able to quit your day job and go all in on Bougie Bakes? So I should mention a big sort of aha moment we had too around this business specifically was um, it came about during wedding prep. So my husband and I were then newly engaged and we're new to LA. And we, I think, you know, throughout that process, I really wanted to get into the best shape I could and feel really good on my wedding day. And so that sort of, I think, and being new to LA, just right place, right time. We were just prioritizing our health more than ever before. And so I think that we, you know, we were learning a lot. We were sharing what I was learning with my husband, working with a nutritionist for the first time. And so it wasn't until we got back from our honeymoon, actually. um, So that was May, 2018, that we actually started to take these bakes that I was just eating throughout kind of our wedding prep that I was making at home that we started actually thinking about them from a business standpoint. And so we spent a good six months from sort of the day we got back from our honeymoon when we really couldn't stop thinking about these bakes and dug into it from a business standpoint and saw a big opportunity in the market. It took us about six months to actually launch our website. We were focused on e-commerce first. So everything in those early days was just through our website. Um, the months leading up to our launch, we were doing some sampling here in LA, farmers markets, things like that. Um, but it took us about, I would say, six months to really get you know everything in place, whether it be the product, reformulating that, making sure that was ready to go to market, testing you know ships across the country to various zip codes where we had friends and family to make sure the product held up in transit because we were going to be selling it e-commerce directly to people's doors. Um, getting all the licensing. We were operating under a cottage B license here in California to start so we could do so legally out of our home kitchen. So getting all of that in place. Um, and then we launched our website in, on October 15th of 2018. And that was you know, our, our first day of sales, um, which I still remember some of those first names of people who ordered. And obviously, a lot of it too was family and friends and um, or just local people here in LA that had been sampling the product we've been we had been kind of trying to get anyone and anyone to taste throughout the first few months we were selling. And at what point did you go into bougie barks um, for the dogs? Um, we launched July of 2021. So we were focused on the human baked goods. Um, you know, 2018, 2019, 2020. 2020 was a pretty explosive year of growth for us. Um, we built out a larger production facility. And then in 2021, we launched Bougie Barks as that brand extension, initially just through our website um, as sort of an add-on to your cart. Uh, We did some research with our 
existing customers, obviously the category as a whole is growing tremendously. Um, and there's a lot of, you know, forecasted growth there as well from a category standpoint. And so initially just through our website as an add-on, and now we've made the bougie barks available on Amazon. Um, we're going to be testing in a few retail locations this fall um, and have a lot of growth planned for that brand uh, in 2023. So what did you see was the opportunity? Obviously, you know, dogs and, and health are, are top of mind, especially for pet owners. But how do you differentiate your problem? Like what hole did you see in the market that you guys felt like you could fill? Yeah, it actually came, you know, I'm a huge dog lover and my husband too. We both just love dogs. We actually started fostering some dogs throughout COVID and we actually got our first puppy in the fall of 2020 as well. So in just sort of, you know, similar to the human baked goods where we personally saw a real need in the category and we knew there was a lot of people like us who were looking for healthier alternatives and who wanted to satisfy sweet tooth cravings in a way that wouldn't make them feel so bad. We got our puppy. We started feeding her, you know, a lot of the products that were in the market. They weren't agreeing with her. Or we took a look at the ingredients and we couldn't, you know, pronounce some of what it was. Or we just saw a lot of it had filler and other junk. And we thought that just like us on the human side, we deserve better. We thought the same thing for dogs. And so we obviously had learned a lot too over the three years of running Bougie Bakes. And just from an overall category standpoint too, there's been so many you know different articles and you see just sort of how the trends are moving in that direction. And there is this like humanization of dog food happening. And we have a human baked goods brand. So we thought, why not deliver for dogs what we're delivering for humans and come out with a line of dog treats that are high quality, that have no artificial preservatives or junk or filler that are made of only things that also have nutritional benefits for dogs too. So we really, you know, like with every other product we make on the human baked goods side too, we really start from like the ground up and building, you know, that product and how can we, you know, obviously there's certain things you need to make a baked good, a baked good and certain ingredients you need to make a dog treat, a dog treat. But how can we do so in a way that we're getting as much nutritional value as we can into those treats? And so that was really the thinking behind the Bougie Barks dog extension as well. Talk to me about those early days. Uh, what were some of the hardest things and what are kind of the biggest myths about entrepreneurship that you want to dispel, I, I guess, is maybe those are two different questions. Yeah. Maybe they're <laughs> one, um, but I'd love to hear from you sort of some of the the hard stuff that you just didn't anticipate? I mean, there's been so many. Uh, I think that there are different problems and then also a lot of the same problems too that we face even four years later now. But in the beginning, you know, I think one of the hardest things too, and where maybe some entrepreneurs just hit sort of a roadblock is really just getting started and figuring out a way you can do so in maybe the least risky or most cost-effective way. And for us, that was launching out of a home kitchen and, you know, kind of mitigating our risk there. We invested a little bit of our own savings in the beginning to just get the product out there as quickly as we could. We wanted to have it hit the market and just start getting customer feedback and kind of iterating off of that too. And so I always encourage, you know, other entrepreneurs I talk to or people who have an idea to just try it and just start and see, you know, what kind of legs it can take from there. I think 
early on, we were bootstrapping the company ourselves. Um, we were working full-time jobs for the first two years. So this was a side hustle that was, you know, late nights, weekends, pretty much any spare moment we had where we weren't in our day jobs, we were spending on this company. And that can be, you know, physically and emotionally taxing, but it was also really rewarding too, to see, you know, that hard work really start to pay out in the growth of the company. And so, um, you know, when we were eventually able to quit our day jobs to focus on this full time two years later, it was a really amazing feeling to feel like, wow, we were able to, you know, bootstrap this company to a place where now we can quit our day jobs and build out a team and really start, you know, doing this thing that we're so passionate about full time. That was really, really cool. Um, but I think, you know, there's with that too, there, there was a lot of challenges with that, right? Like finding the time to do everything. Those initial sales days, I can think back to like days where we were getting, you know, even just 20 orders. And it was like hours and hours and hours of work because we were hand packing everything. We were, you know, physically carrying our little duffel bags to the post office, dropping them off. We were baking everything to order made, you know, from like actually putting the ingredients in the bowl, mixing it, scooping it, baking it, packing it, all of that was happening in the same day. And so obviously that was a lot to manage as well. But I think now that, you know, as we've scaled, it's different problems. It's a lot of the same challenges though, right? Like we're trying to figure out how to scale this business in a profitable way that, um, and like to keep up that growth as well. And um, with growth also comes, you know, different changes in processes. Like when we look back to some of those early days and how we were doing things relative to how we're doing them now, it's just, it's laughable. But I think there will also be a position, like a time in the not so distant future where we look back at what we're doing today too. And it's laughable as well, because it's just going to be so different than what we're doing now. So maintaining that and keeping up with the everyday changing and evolving um, nature of just startup life. It's challenging, but it's also, I think, one of the more rewarding things. What's your split now between like human food and, and also the pet food category? So the dog cookies are still a smaller percentage of the overall company revenue. Um, right now, it represents probably about 10% of our total revenue for the company. Um, what's great about it, and I spoke to this, but you know, the founding principles too of the dog cookies, there's a lot of overlap in ingredients. There's a lot of overlap in production. So our team really thinks of Bougie Bakes as just additional sort of uh, flavors of the human cookies. So operationally, there's a lot of overlap. So it's not like we have two different, you know, facilities and two different teams, or we're having to like completely shift gears and focus on barks or bakes. Like it all happens sort of cohesively. So that allows us to, um, you know, keep our costs lower. It allows us to operationally keep everything moving really consistently. Um, we do have plans. As I mentioned, we just actually signed with one of the largest distributors in the pet category um, who are going to help us get bougie barks to retail um, in a big way starting this fall. So we forecast we'll be in about 100 to 150 doors by the end of this year. And then in 2023, you know, we have plans to expand beyond that in a big way. So, you know, it's our hope that one day the bougie barks dog cookie line will be just as big as the human baked goods brand. 
Very, very cool. Well, it seems like you're doing an amazing job of just figuring it out, right? And I think jumping in and trying new things and uh, looking at different categories, looking at your consumer, all of those things, I'm just really impressed with how you're doing it. And you're showing a lot of people that, you know, that's what great entrepreneurs do, that they don't always have all the answers. They don't always come from the industry that they're going in. They're just curious people that have an idea, have a dream uh, that they're going to go and start something. So I love, love, love everything about your story, Meg. Where can people find out more about Bougie Bakes and Barks and uh, purchase your product? Yeah. So you can find everything we have available on bougiebakes.com or bougiebarks.com. You can check us out on Instagram at bougiebakes or at bougiebarks. And we're also on TikTok, kind of any social platform you can think of, you'll find us there. But uh, yeah, I'd encourage you to check out our website. You have a lot of like, we share the founding story there as well. And sort of just, you know, a lot of what I just shared, but why we do what we do and what we hope to achieve one day. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And thanks everybody for listening. And uh, I love everything about the journey. So it's uh, incredible to have Meg on and, and we have so many founders and CEOs on who are sharing a lot more about their industry and their company and their journey. And I hope that you will uh, subscribe to The Kara Golden Show and also give this particular episode with Meg a five-star rating because that really, really helps the algorithm. And just a reminder that we have now moved to three days a week, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So if you have not uh, had a chance to listen to the Friday episodes, if for some reason you're not subscribing yet, all the more reason to subscribe so that those will come automatically into your feed. And also, in addition to Meg being on Instagram, I'm on Instagram too at Kara Golden. Uh, If you haven't picked up a copy of my book or... Um, listen to it on Audible as well. It's called Undaunted, and it shares a lot of my story in building uh, the brand that I founded, Hint. So thank you so much again, Meg, for coming on, and thanks everybody for listening, and have a great rest of the week. Goodbye for now. Thank you so much, Kara. Thanks all for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoyed it. And I want to thank all of our guests and our sponsors. And finally, our listeners, keep the great comments coming in. And one final plug, if you have not read or listened to my book, Undaunted, please do so. You will hear all about my journey, including founding, scaling, and building the company that I founded, Hint. We are here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Thanks everyone for listening and goodbye for now. Before we sign off, I want to talk to you about fear. People like to talk about fearless leaders, but achieving big goals isn't about fearlessness. Successful leaders recognize their fears and decide to deal with them head on in order to move forward. This is where my new book, Undaunted, comes in. This book is designed for anyone who wants to succeed in the face of fear, overcome doubts, and live a little undaunted. Order your copy today at undauntedthebook.com and learn how to look your doubts and doubters in the eye and achieve your dreams. For a limited time, you'll also receive a free case of Hint Water. Do you have a question for me or want to nominate an innovator to Spotlight? Send me a tweet at Kara Golden and let me know. 
And if you like what you heard, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow along with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Kara Golden. Thanks for listening.